Hands off parenting. It's just hands off parenting. Put that down. Don't touch that. Stop it. Where's the line? All right. We are rolling. Hi. Hi. Well, welcome to Hands Off Parents. I'm Abby. I'm Steph. How you doing? I'm good. I'm great. You're great? Yeah. Wow. That I've never heard you say that in my <laughs> life. Who are you? You know why I'm great? No. Because my family is gone. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that is great. I really that is lovely. Solitude makes me truly happy. Solitude is amazing. And by family is gone, I mean the older one and the husband. The baby's still here. But when I just have one... And he's like prelingual. Yeah. It just feels like I'm alone. Yeah. yeah. He's like, I'm not prelingual. I just spoke. <laughs> Don't say that about Don't me. Say mother. that about me and my family. Ah, yeah. No, that is really nice. It's yeah. like it's having lovely. just one. I loved it. I I watched Lifetime shows awesome. last night. We, I, yeah, it was great. I had, um, Jack was sick this week, so I had a dinner date and I just took Levi and I was like, oh. How easy. Yeah. This was so easy. So nice. So nice. Yeah. Yeah. No offense to anybody. I mean, it's not like, it's interesting though, because it must be like a mental thing. Because like when Mike is here, I can watch whatever I want still. It's not like I can't watch what I want, but it's like the idea that like no one's here and it's just me. And I don't know why that's so like. Yeah, it's just nice. Thrilling. It's just <laughs> nice and quiet and lovely. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. It's good. Um, well, I don't even, I cannot segue out of that. Lovely. Oh, there you go. We have a lovely guest today. We do. Yes. One of our best. One of our best guests. One of our most listened to guests. Yeah. He has returned and graced us with his presence. Yes. Rabbi Joshua Fixler. Welcome back, sir. Houston Emanuel. How you doing? Hi. I'm so good. I'm so glad to be here. I I love this and I'm I'm glad to be on the other end of my headphones. (laughs) Yes. That's right. Yeah. You're an you're an avid podcast listener, aren't you? Yes, yeah. All the all the cast. What are your faves? Just out of curiosity. Oh, we're doing recommendations all the way to the (laughs) beginning. We're starting with the Rex. We're starting with Rex. I'm a big ninety nine percent invisible fan. Yes, me too. If it's an NPR show, I probably listen to their podcast. Yeah. Um, Are you a daily listener do you listen um, to the daily uh, yeah we get that our, our google home device plays mm-hmm. that as part of our morning sort of listening to the news while we eat breakfast yeah yeah, so, yeah yeah i love it cool yeah all right well that's it good to okay. see you guys okay Bye. Well, we've done our podcast about podcasts <laughs> podcast about all podcasts the cast cast yes. the cast cast the pod pod yes um well no we brought we brought josh back because we um because we want to kill ourselves <laughs> yeah and we wanted someone to tell us how to have hope Yes. I think that's wow. This is yeah. now it's the it's the suicide support podcast. Yes. that took a turn for the worse. Actually, for <laughs> if you are someone you know, that yes. escalated. It's not a joke. It's not funny. Not that's funny not at funny. At I'm sorry. No. I apologize. Good. So but sorry. I think what you're trying to say. Please tell me what I'm trying to say. Is that it feels like the world is a little extra dark right now. Yeah. Extra. And we have to figure out how to navigate our way through that. That yeah. is what I meant. And I said it the way I said it because I am not a spiritual leader. <laughs> that is why I call you to yeah. come school me in all things spiritual leaders wise. No, my only job is to like slightly better articulate whatever it is that you're saying. <laughs> you have done that quite a In fact, I, yeah. I did deliver a sermon at your uh, congregation of late. It was awesome. Check it out online. And great. you, you helped me do the same thing. You're like, let me help you just say this a little better. 
I was like, you mean False. not a lot of fucks? <laughs> yeah, we did have a long talk about um, fewer fucks from. from did you actually the... think you could say no? No. Okay. Listen, no, but guys. more than yes. one person after the after the sermon said it was great, and she didn't curse at all. That's right. Which is like, I love that your brand is so clear that somebody said that to me on Twitter the other day. That I was gonna do this talk at UCLA that I had to cancel because I was so sick and dying, and uh, she was like, "My daughter and I are putting bets on how many times you say fuck." <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I was like, okay. Yeah. I really can't ever run for public office. Nah. <laughs> but do you really want to? Well, it's been a hard week. It's been a hard week. We had the election this week. We did. Speaking of public office. Yes. Some things went well. Some things were hard to take. Uh, yes. Harry. I'm nodding silently because I uh, work for a religious institution. Yes. Uh-huh. So you're not allowed to say yes. I I'm I'm like to not say too much about politics as well. But I only say things yes, about politics. Yes, I was going to say Stephanie. Uh, yes, has the has no politics. problems about politics. Um, I was feeling like really kind of like bummed about it just because I I just feel like I did a lot actively yeah. this time around, mm, yeah. like for Beto and I, you know, like Mike and I both like got out there and block walked and I don't know. I just felt like. I had hope. Yes. Is what happened. Yeah. Right. And um, hope is a tricky thing. Because well, if you have it, when it doesn't go your way, yeah. it's hard. It's hard because you feel like you invested so much into the hope itself. Right. Well, and the I, I think one of the challenging things is how do we, like, how do we define what success looks like yeah with our hope yes like if our hope is 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 wrapped up in getting everything we wanted yes um then we're we're gonna be often disappointed yeah yeah that is smart yeah that is smart you are earning your zero dollar paycheck yes today right yeah um but um no but i i mean i think seriously uh, like i think about this as as a rabbi i think that's my first use of the phrase as a rabbi on the podcast so people keeping score at home um (laughs) as a rabbi i think about this in the context of prayer also right like if we are if if we are wrapped up in the idea that the only way for our prayers to be efficacious is if all the things we prayed for come true okay then we're going to often be disappointed and we're going to often lose hope in the power of our prayer if you are praying for healing or you are praying for um sort of things to go well in your life Mm -hmm. when when someone doesn't get better or when um, not everything goes perfectly in your life, then it's really easy to go, well, I guess my prayers didn't work. And I think that the challenge for us is how do we add complexity to our understanding of those acts? Like if we, if we block walk for Beto and he doesn't get elected, was there still power in that act? Was that still a hopeful act? Was that still teaching the world or our heart something important? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And, like that that would be that would be powerful even if the end goal didn't succeed. Yeah, I, I I understand that exactly. I I think it's hard to do that in the aftermath. Maybe in reflection, right? Mm-hmm. So in six months or not, maybe not even that long, in a few weeks you might take a step back and say, you know what, it doesn't matter that he didn't win. Um we we worked hard, right? Steph, you worked hard for him, and and you got a lot out of it, and you felt in, energized and, and empowered and empowered. I mean, I am of the belief that taking action does empower you. I mean, yeah. like even if it's a situation that feels very hopeless, I am very much of the elk of like try to do whatever you can. Um, 
especially in situations where you feel hopeless. Um, yeah. And it kind of, when you were talking just now, it kind of reminded me of, dude, I'm trying to, sorry, we're having a boob situation. <laughs> yeah. I'm Story trying to give it to you and you're mad. God, like a baby. Like a, you act like <laughs> a baby. Why are you acting like such a baby? Grow up, Harry. Um, but when not I used too to, fast, please. <laughs> when, <laughs> I, when I used to teach, when I was a teacher, we talked a lot about um, like grit and yeah. resilience. Yep. And this is yep. like a mm-hmm. thing that we talk about like as educators, like students are lacking grit. You know, they don't, it's a thing they don't have. And, and the idea is like, if you tell a kid, um, you know, their whole life that they're, that they're smart, that they're just mm-hmm. innately smart mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. when they fail they're going to be like, well, I'm stupid and I suck. Instead of like stressing their work yes. and their action yes. and mm-hmm. their, you know, that in education we have to stress like, and I really make an effort with Iris, you know, when she got her report card yeah. and she had really, you know, she had her high marks on stuff. Instead of being like, oh, these are good grades. I was like, you know what your report card shows me? You're working really hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, and the act of work, the act of service or whatever provides some kind of antidote for us as human beings yeah right Right. well if we're thinking and and if we're thinking in in terms of our actions instead of in terms of the end result or in terms of the qualities Mm -hmm. which are a lot harder to weigh in on i think that's powerful with children and it's powerful for us as well yeah and and i don't even i i don't know that i totally agree with you abby that like some of that work has to happen only in the aftermath I, i think that's i think that's part of it but i also think like not to get super political but for instance with the with the Beto stuff here in Texas um you can look at the 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 fact that he wasn't elected and that's that that's sad if you're if it's a binary he either was or he wasn't Mm -hmm. you can look at the fact that he came within you know three points which is closer than a democrat's gotten a long time and you can look at the impact of um his effect down ballot it's almost like very much yeah so absolutely and and i'm not saying that and how many new voters were were elected process and you know that's what we see also with something like john ossoff's seat um and so and again like i'm this is not to my to my knowledge of politics podcast, but sometimes it seems like but it. the but the point is like what is the what is the like task you're engaging? I think about this a lot with the, the election and uh, the sort of debate about did were were, were we successful because we didn't win everything, mm-hmm. and that to me is a is like a sort of a really hard metric to be successful at yeah um, yeah and maybe an unrealistic metric so like if the question is like are we having an impact are we building the world and society we want to build then Mm -hmm. it's a really different conversation yeah i agree i I mean i and i'm usually a glasses half full type of lady um and i actually heard a great quote the other day that said if the glass if you think the glass is half empty get a smaller glass <laughs> and i was like that's very interesting but anyway it's very witty yeah i like that like looking at the country as a whole and not just texas there were certain results that i felt not that made me feel hopeless that mm. it's not it, and it's not a republican or democratic thing at all it's a human thing where i was like how did you vote for this particular person who is a b- seemingly bad person? Um, and that, and I, I have lost some hope in, in humanity of late. Mm. Uh, and, and not just political. There's, I mean, there's so much stuff that's been going on 
we were talking a little bit about the fires and shootings and things like that. And it's like, how are we, how are we're doing it wrong? And now we have little kids, all of us who are, who we're trying to guide in a, in a way where we say, well, we're, you know, we're trying so hard to make you good people, Mm. but there's just bad people. (laughs) When, why are there so many bad people? That's is my question. So Why are there so many bad people? We're ten minutes into the podcast and we've gotten to like what is the root of evil? What is root of evil? So many What's bad the meaning of life? We like to get a lot of bang for our buck. Yes. No, yeah, that's yeah. great. I'm glad we. Well, I'm glad yeah. we got there as quickly as we did. And yeah. um, and and I don't know that I have like the answer that's going to make you feel better. Then please um, leave because I think. <laughs> Fair point. This has been fun, and <laughs> I'll hear you next week. Okay, um, but um, th- the the challenge I think for us is largely not why why is there evil, but what do we do in the face of evil? Yes, and um, I I think I'm a little better on that second topic than I am on the first topic um, because because I don't know why there's evil, and I don't know, and it's really hard it's a hard reality to cope with and it's felt really hard in the last three weeks, three weeks since the Pittsburgh shooting, since the uh, shooting in thousand Oaks, since the like to, to, to grapple with that question, like why people do hurtful and hateful things. Mm -hmm. Um, And the, the challenge for us is like, how are we going to respond? And what, what's, what's hard about the darkness is that it can feel really oppressive. It can feel like it's holding you back from from the work that you were doing that you were feeling proud of. Like it, it can strip some of that hope away. I think some of it comes out of, um, there's a difference, uh, and uh, Rabbi Jonathan Sachs talks about, there's a difference between hope and optimism. Mm-hmm. Optimism is just like the belief that things can get, will get better okay. without your having any influence on them. Yeah, and hope is the belief that things will get better because you're going to help make them better. And that you have a hand in that work. So like optimism, he describes as a passive virtue. It's a, it's a thing you just feel or you don't feel. Maybe you're born with. Maybe you get from your environment. It's like a point of view. Right. But hope is this, like, this choice that you're going to make to continue to, to re-engage in that act. And what's felt hard for me about the last few weeks is that the darkness has been so thick that it's felt hard to make the choice to hope. Yes. But um, I think reminding myself that that is a choice... And that we do have power over it yeah. um, is like like the 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 question isn't is the glass half full or half empty? There's like half as much water in the glass as there needs to be, and it's on us to fill the rest of the glass. Ah, I love that. That's very profound. Yes, I, you should quote yourself there. <laughs> I actually am. That was from my high holiday sermon. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> very good. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, I I understand exactly what you're saying, and I agree. It, it's just hard in the face of. In the face of it, right? It's I'm, so thick that absolutely, yeah, that you're kind of like, Ugh, I just rather watch TV, right? And or or scroll through Twitter. Or, yeah. And there's this belief that like scrolling through Twitter is doing something. Yes, and it's and not. and that is that is probably not having the influence on the world. You know, I sent off a, a tweet I was real proud of this morning, and I, I'm pretty sure it changed the dialogue. And and you're welcome. Um, <laughs> but, but like, I mean, I think one of the things I think about a lot these days is um, we have a tendency as humans to um, do the easy thing and convince ourselves we did the hard thing. Yeah. Um, I can't yes. remember if I talked about this the last time I was no, here. No, I don't think so. Like we, we, like we, I think about it with something like me too, where, right. where 
we held a handful of men sort of accountable for a small set of things they did, but we didn't do much to address the underlying issues that lead to that power culture. And, um, but we, I think we, there were, there's a tendency to sort of pat ourselves on the back yeah. and be like, we did it yeah. because the easy and symbolic thing is a whole lot harder than the larger systemic change. Yeah. And yeah. so like, like how do we keep ourselves going for the long and hard and sustained work Yeah, is, is really important. There's a, there's a, there's a thing in positive psychology where um, what what psychologists have found is that the secret to hope is a combination of what they call willpower and way power. So willpower is this, like, I, I believe I can make a difference and I want to make a difference. It's mm-hmm. this internal piece. And way power is an understanding that you, there are steps you can take to accomplish your change. And what happens when you have that second piece, when you have way power, is that you um, are also able to dodge around obstacles because you can see sort of multiple routes to get where you need to get. Right. Um, And so uh, because you've got a little bit of a plan in mind and you've got a sense of what you're building towards. And so when something, a stumbling block comes up, you can navigate around it. And so I think one of the pieces with with like parenting Mm -hmm. And mine, mine is little, so um, we don't have to worry about this quite as much yet, but is, is how do we give peop- our kids a sense of the fact that they can make a difference, they can do something hopeful, and help them make a plan yeah. and think through, okay, well, what is a step that you can take? And that's also, that's true for us as adults, too, that we, w- we want something in the world, we want there to be less hate or less evil, and the challenge is how do we, how do we think of uh, what are eight things I could do and then what's one that I will actually do? Yeah, 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 yeah. To, to accomplish that. And I like thinking about it from a parenting perspective as what are the things, what are the actions you can take? Because when your kid's four or 16 mm. months or whatever or, or six months, it feels like there's literally no actions that mm-hmm. they can take. I mean, they take the actions that you make them take in a, in a sense, but they don't, right? Because you were just talking about your daughter or before we started. Right. You want her to walk. Her she Desperately. She can, <laughs> apparently. But she doesn't want to. Right. So from from kind of tying to what you're saying, what are the actions that you can guide her into taking? I mean, and this is like such a small compared to like, oh, and the world is burning. Like, right. what well, are the actions that you could... Literally... Guys, the world is literally yeah. Put right her. Now. Put how do how do you give her the? Because she's already taking the action, right? Right. So you're guiding her. I'm not. I don't know if I'm making this analogy correct. You're guiding. You are trying to guide her to do the right thing. Wh- uh, quote unquote right. walk. And she's like, no, I don't want to do that. So uh, a, a teeny bit of context so I don't just sound like um, the parent who just like needs my daughter to walk. She's supposed to start yeah. at, a, at, a new, uh, at a new preschool and she, they take them when they're 15 months and walking. And while she's now well past 15 months, she refuses to walk. I think she's figured out that it's important to my wife and I. And so she's like, nah, I'm all right. Yeah. Um, and so, but then last week she, for like 45 minutes, walked back and forth between us in her bedroom one night and then didn't do it again for a week so that we like to mess with us because now we know she's capable of it and just choosing not to yes. um so that's a that's a she's like i'm gonna do it in my own damn time yeah, yeah. which normally which would be great. fine and yes. i'd be like yeah walk whenever you want to but right now i'm like but you're supposed to start at the other school you're like, holding us long for you <laughs> yeah i'd love yeah. to be carried around also have to be grown-ups and do what's expected of us but um uh, <laughs> ella is what i explain to her every day and um but no but i think um 
I think that that microcosm for us as parents of which of what you're saying is that we're looking at this task and we have the willpower, right? We have the sense like we need her to get from A to B. A is not walking. B is walking um, sufficiently enough to go to this school, yeah. and it can feel overwhelming. It can feel daunting. It can feel like, well, I can't make her do the thing, and I can't. Yeah. But I can think of three different steps that I could take to help her make that choice. Okay. Yes. And then I could pick one. And if that one doesn't work because I've made that plan, I can pick another or adjust my plan. Okay. So if I say like, okay, well, every morning when we wake up, we're going to spend, uh, we're going to spend 15 minutes, uh, you know, practicing before we go downstairs. Like, and we can see if that's going to help. Or if uh, I've noticed that like, sometimes if I have food in my hand, she will walk towards me and not realize <laughs> she's walking towards me. So like I could actively try to do that more mm-hmm. instead of just when I happen to have a piece of apple. So I think that there is opportunity there mm-hmm. to turn turn sort of the 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 hopeful idea someday she will do this thing that we would like her to do um and she's a wonderful and terrific kid whenever she walks it's great um but we into steps that we can take and those steps are the thing that keep it from um from just being an idea that's in your head yes so hope is about action and willpower right i mean i I literally have a speech. This is my talk. Yeah. Right. This is my 20 minutes. Right. This is like... Sorry. Li- okay? <laughs> so why don't you just get out of here right now? No, like... That's I- the second time I've been kicked <laughs> off the podcast yeah, really. today. <laughs> really? <laughs> Not doing well here. Um, sorry, Rabbi. It's okay. <laughs> um, I think that whenever things feel completely out of your control, literally the only thing you can do is what you can do. Yes. Right. Like... I I can't change the fact that my kids can't hear as well as other kids. I can't change that. What can I do that makes me feel like they're going to have a level playing field? Because when something's wrong with your kid, it's not the idea that it's wrong. We talked about this the other time. Yeah, yeah. It's that you want them to have access. You want them to have a good life. You want them. Right. So what can I do as a parent to ensure that they can? What steps can I take yeah. to make that possible? I can put them in speech therapy. I can give them hearing aids. I can uh, pass legislation. I can, you know, what what can I actively do? And I think in terms of this last political go-round, <clears throat> Iris was, like, very invested in the campaign. And Mike and I are very invested. And somebody on, on the Internet, people love to tell me what to do on the Internet. It's truly the greatest part of my day, was like, oh, children need to be um, spared this or they they need to not be involved in this or something like that because she had put she had cried about wanting better to be president on this video and i thought it was hilarious and i posted it and i disagree i Mm. think that um my daughter's been with us to vote every single time there's been an election from the time she was in my tummy um she's very aware of of what the political parties are in in the country and what they stand for and and um, she'll talk about it to you. And she went with us to a rally and, and she held up the sign and met him and 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 saw like daddy's not here because he's block walking. Mommy's not here because she's block walking. These are things that we are doing to try to make the world better in the way that we think that it needs to be. And interestingly, and I would I, I, just to but those are things you were doing that were making the world better, right? Because that's the difference between, and then the world will only get better if Beto is elected. Yes. Right, yes. And like, these are things we're doing because we're teaching you, because right. we're teaching people, because right. we're connecting with people. Right. Like, that is already working. It's yeah. already, yeah. It is therapeutic. It is healing, too. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But the interesting part about it is that when he didn't win, uh, Mike and I were like, oh, God, Iris is going to be so upset. What are we going to say? What are we going to tell her? How is she going to deal with this? That kid is more resilient than anybody I've ever met. I, she's coloring. I said, Iris, I have some bad news for you. What? Beto didn't win. Who won? Ted Cruz. That's eh, okay, Mom. He'll win next time. Mm. That was her response. Yeah, which like, is amazing. Like, not only that, like, it's okay, but, like, he will try again. Yeah. And he'll win next time, which makes me feel like for some reason, based on something we've done, which is hard to know because it feels like we do it all wrong, she understands that if you don't succeed the first time, you can try again. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you're a failure. It means you have to keep working at yeah. it. Yeah. Which is, that is the lesson, right? That's what That's we want it. our kids. That's all you want your kids That's to grit. take away. Right. That is literally the definition. Like, I didn't do it, but I can, and I need to try again. Yeah. Right. And losing isn't going to derail me from, from working hard. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or or mean that the that because because you lost you will never win exactly yes right. yes and, you could still and it's win. not tied to like yourself I'm a failure yeah right it's not tied to like your identity yeah right. yeah so although it it's hard not to feel that way and I'm not even just talking about this election or anything just in general yeah. failing is so difficult yeah and it's I struggle with it and we've talked about this on the show. With just all the all the the identity issues with failing, and I see it in my kid, Levi. If he doesn't win, he cries, mm. um, and we're trying really hard to give him hope and say, "Hey, just try again, or just have fun." Like it's stupid soccer. Like if he doesn't make it to the goal first, he just gives up and he'll he'll go and cry. Like it's supposed to be about fun. It's not a he that likes to eat faster than his brother. Like if he doesn't mm. finish his food before Jack, he gets upset. And I we always go, it's not a competition. It's just your freaking food, dude. But it's hard. That's a, that's a, like a really hard lesson lesson to learn. Right? Because a lot of that is just innate. I mean, yeah, that's it's how Harris was. Like broke. I I gave it to identical. Him. Yeah, <laughs> like he was the same exact kid. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, I think you have to like, there's positive parts of that. You know, the fact that he's competitive, Compet- competition gets a bad rep, but yeah, like, no, I think it can be healthy. It can help you. Yeah. Well, and also there is a, like, I, I think part of what I'm hearing, what you're saying is that there's a risk in this sort of binary. I think part of what we're struggling with in the world right now is this sense of like, the only way for me to win is you to lose. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. like, the, sure. you know, so that the, the success is measured as much in, in my success as it is in your loss. And that that kind of competitiveness is really damaging. The kind of competitiveness that pushes us to all be better, the kind of competitiveness that pushes the best ideas to rise to the top, mm-hmm. that's a different kind of competitiveness Definitely. than the kind of competitiveness says that I, I enjoy watching you you fail as much as I enjoy succeeding myself. Yes, yes. And, and I think that there's a balance to be struck where like, you can celebrate your son's natural competitiveness mm-hmm. and the, and his sense of wanting to do best and be best for himself without celebrating that sense that like, it's also fun. Cause then I like high when you lose. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I think that's his perspective. My perspective mm. is not nobody's winning or losing. Mm-hmm. I'm losing. Right. Because now you're crying. So <laughs> I want you to win. So you don't cry and that mm-hmm. you 
actively participate in whatever activity is going on. But I agree with what you're saying. It, it's just a different perspective. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's you're. It's not a win lose. It's right. uh, we both tried really hard, right? And we got something out of that. So how do we how do we deal with the um, balance of fear that? comes with the society we're living in right now in terms of um, the Pittsburgh shooting and bringing our kids to synagogue and bringing our kids to church and bringing our kids to school and bringing our kids to concerts and bringing our kids anywhere. To bars. Mm -hmm. To bars. I love bringing my kids to bars. Apparently I can't do that anymore. Um, For like a couple of reasons. I mean, whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Who's keeping score? (laughs) Maybe you are. I would. Um, how uh it's scary yeah yeah it's i'm a scary scared world. yeah um what do we do how do we how, how how do we like balance the fear that we justifiably have mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with the idea that we have to keep living our lives yeah yeah you know like because it's getting harder and harder and every single day that something doesn't happen to change it that legislation doesn't happen, it gets harder and harder to not be binary about you are making this bad and you are making this good. Like, Mm. I don't know how to separate, like, these bad things are happening and this one group of people are responsible. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. like, and then I'm fueled with rage and anger because I feel like I'm living in a civilized society where I'm, like, looking at people who represent me to try to get them to do something to help and they won't mm-hmm. because they're bought and paid for by a gun uh, organization. And I'll challenge just on a political. It's not just one sided. There are m- multiple sides are taking money. Both sides are taking money. Not from the NRA. Maybe if you look at the if you look at those statistics, there is one group that has F ratings and there is one group that has A ratings. Definitely. Definitely. But I think if we gave all of the power to the Democrats. I would be not surprised if not a lot got done with this issue either. I t- totally disagree. That's fair. We can agree to disagree on that one. Yeah. I I'm mean, not saying nothing would get done. Because I do remember after Sandy Hook, Obama tried really hard to pass legislation. Yes. And he was met with resistance because he didn't have control of yes. Congress. Yes. Um, and I just remember very potently like that speech where he was crying and saying like, yeah. why are we not doing anything? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I mean... And it's true. I, I, who knows? Because the Democrats are never going to be in power, um, obviously. Hope is hard yeah. to have. Um, are you here? Are yeah, you sitting I'm, here? No, I'm good. I, <laughs> I, was, uh, I was sitting out the NRA conversation. I thought you two seemed like you had it de- uh, covered. And, um, but I'm, I'm, I'm here for fear. So, um, <laughs> Come back is, for uh, fear. Is, uh, Tears what, for I fear. Have, I have oh a, a T-shirt about it. Um, but so... I think one of the one of the pieces about that fear is that like hope hope is not naivete mm. right and and to, to to be naive and Pollyanna-ish is that's back to that optimism right, right. Um, and and I'm not making a dig at optimistic people good, good on you but fuck optimism <laughs> Stephanie's making a dig at optimism <laughs> yes but um, so hope is um, is not naivete in that like hope is not being stupid right hope is not um 
going into the the dangerous place ignoring that right and being like hope it all hope, works out hope might be going into the hard place or the dangerous place knowing full well that it's dangerous and making that choice yeah. because it's the right choice to make but um you know i work in a synagogue so the day after uh, i was there the day after the the shooting at, at um tree of life congregation in pittsburgh and that was that was hard and it but it felt and there was increased security, and mm-hmm. it was at noticeable, and we have always had tight security in our congregation, and, and now even more so. Right. And it felt, that felt like a hopeful act, right? And not because I could undo the tragedy that had happened, but because making the choice to, to, to engage in the project that this guy wanted to end mm-hmm. felt like a defiant and hopeful act i i'm i have no words for that I, that just made me want to cry that is, is i mean that was a beautiful thing to say and you're right i mean you're and, absolutely right and that you know and then, so that doesn't mean we don't take precautions and we don't do the work we need to do but we um we do it in the with with that in our hearts mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, I've been saying a lot lately that um, one of the things that is most sort of fascinating and tragic about the Pittsburgh shooting was that it seems like the thing that had set this guy off was this organization called HIAS, the yes. Hebrew Immigrant Aid Society, which is uh, one of the nation's oldest refugee resettlement organizations that started to help settle Jewish refugees in, I think, the 1800s, and then has morphed and now helps to resettle all kinds of refugees. It's one of only a handful of organizations that has uh, a contract with the federal government to help resettle refugees who come here legally. And um, and in th- his posts on on social media had been about how offended he was by the concept of Hayas and connected that to the Jewish community and that's s- supposedly part of why he okay. did this. And um, I just I am I am proud and troubled by the fact that the thing he hated us for was that we are really good at welcoming the stranger. Yeah. yeah. And I don't I'm not gonna stop doing that. Um, and and I think that like it's something I've been saying a lot lately is that it's really hard to be um, a person in this globalized world because our little tiny monkey brains that we evolved with were, were not evolved for this. They were evolved for like l- living in a tree with the, like your family mm-hmm. and going these six people. I have to care about these six people because if they eat, I live. Mm-hmm. But those other monkeys over there couldn't care less about them. In fact, if they eat, I might not. Live. Yep. And that's how our brains evolved. And so we have this drive in us, which is to say this small group I can deal with, but everyone outside of that I, I'm not going to. And we live in a world that expects quite the opposite of us, that mm-hmm. expects us to care and have empathy for and compassion for people in our community who look different than us, who behave different than us, people on the other side of the world who look different than us, that we'll never meet, we'll never know their name, and, and society requires and expects us to like care about those people, and that's hard and exhausting for that tiny monkey brain. Mm-hmm. And like the, the Torah, the Jewish Bible, um, says that you should um, welcome the stranger 36 times. And the, t- the Torah doesn't repeat often. 
and certainly not with that kind of regularity. And and the rabbis have wondered, like, why is that in there over and over and over again? And I think it's in there over and over again because we're not good at it because it's really easy to forget because every couple of chapters you're going to need a reminder like, hey, that person over there, you got to care about them too. And that that heart work and that brain work of teaching ourselves and teaching our children like, oh, these people are the same as us. Um, whoever these people are, mm -hmm. that's like that is the human project. That's what we're trying to do to get past like our most animalistic instincts. Yeah, yeah, I love that. It's very true. That's, I mean, that's why. <clears throat> this is why I get. There's a lot of reasons I get frustrated with with people at this point, but we're all we're all refugees in America. Yeah, all of us are refugees. Unless you're a Native American, you were not born here on this land. You came because you were fleeing something and looking for a better life. Mm -hmm. And so I feel, and, and it's like inscribed on our Statue of Liberty. It's yeah. part of who we are as Americans. Like we will take your tired, your poor, your sick. So I I don't understand, and I and I very much have that in my soul. Mm -hmm. I want to help people. I look at these images of these babies on this caravan, and this ba baby that was literally born on the caravan, mm. tiny baby. Like, this is a human life. A person who's traveling and fleeing a terrible situation in their homeland to try to seek asylum, I don't see as being a threat. I yeah. see as being a person who, as a human being, as a Jew, as a person with a heart and a soul, as a mother... I want to make them a space. Yeah. I don't think they're going to take my pie away from me. There's plenty of pie to go around. Like you can have a piece and you can have a piece. We can all have a piece. Well, well but I think that like you're treating that as normal. Like the thinking that way is normal. And, and I think that that's awesome. And I want it to be normal, but I also like want to give you credit for the fact that like it takes work to, to uh, like it take, it takes work and training that you've had your whole life to think that way. There's like a debate like in um, at the, there was a vigil after the tree of life shooting here in Houston. And uh, um, I can't remember if it was the mayor or the mayor pro tem um, quoted the song from South Pacific um, that you have to be carefully taught to hate. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there, this idea that like, you know, children aren't born hating and they, they learn it. And I like, like enjoy that sentiment. And also, I'm not sure I totally agree with it. I, I don't agree I with it either. Because I actually think that we, like, like, like I said, our default position is small. It's tribalism, and and our our work is to be is to be bigger than that. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I love that that seems really normal to you, yeah. and I love that that seems expected to you. And I want and and I, I expect it too, but I also know that you someone taught you to think that way. But don't but 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 like a Judeo Christian human being, right? Somebody who was like born to that. Christianity does the same thing, right? I mean, I'm not a Christian, but like, doesn't it preach help people who have nothing, help people who are struggling, help people. And, and as America, like in America, there's a lot of like Judeo, not really Judeo, Christian values, mm -hmm. right? So like, isn't that the same? Aren't we, don't we have the same? Yeah, I don't, I don't I, know. I, I, I'm just like, like loving the stranger and the least among you, as as I understand it, is a really important part of Christianity. Similar too. thing, and and I'm I'm much better at pointing out Jewish hypocrisy than Christian hypocrisy. I but mean, why? Like, I don't I, understand. I, I, I try and stay in my lane a little bit, but like, um, but uh, absolutely. And again, that's the message because, like, if 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 God thought we were going to do that, 
without being told, God wouldn't tell us, right? You don't make you don't make rules for your kid except for things that they're doing that you want them to stop doing. Yeah, right? yeah. Right? And yep. so like the the idea that that all religious faiths engage in this project of trying to convince people that they should care about people people <laughs> is because like we like we don't in our innately. most aspirational right. hopeful selves want to do that. Yeah, need to be bad taught at it. that. Right. right. We have been driving home sharing is caring it's all we must mm-hmm. say it in our house 300,000 times a day because we have two boys that don't <laughs> like to share but that is it's not innate to share right. I don't want to mm-hmm. give you the thing that I want right mm-hmm. so I don't want to give you my job I don't want to give you my home I don't want to give you my land I don't want whatever right fill in the blank so I think your apps I agree a hundred percent we we have to be taught to share mm-hmm. and I've never met a parent at the playground and I assume there are parents at the playground. Everyone has different beliefs. Everyone has different political beliefs. Everybody's from different religions. When I'm at the playground, I never see a parent that's like, hey, my kid, be an asshole. Don't share. Be rude to that kid. Every parent, as I see it, is teaching their children about goodwill, yeah. about mm-hmm. sharing, about kindness. So mm-hmm. why? how can we isolate teaching our kids to act like good people and we act like assholes because it's right well and that's the message it's that, that, that hypocrisy yeah. just like blows my mind it's so different though share the swing but here i'm scared you're gonna take my job and i have to pay for my kids and my life and my house i mean that's a it's the weight that's not balanced right and that, that that is this is what i think is wrong with the, with our world right now we are living in fear yes that's mm-hmm. the thing yeah everything is so fear-based right now right and and we don't make as human beings, good decisions out of fear. Exactly. And, you know, I read this study for this high holiday sermon. I read this study, which I thought was fascinating, which is, so they, they put people in an MRI machine and they gave them a a small shock on their foot, um, enough to cause pain, but not enough to do Mm -hmm. damage. Um, And the people knew it was coming. And then they, and they said, there'll be um, another one in some amount between like 10 and 30 seconds and the people had to wait for it and there was such anxiety about waiting for it and they gave people some of the people an option which is you could have an actually a bigger more painful shock now and not have to wait okay and the majority of people took them up on this option of having a bigger shock they didn't have to wait for so like just think about that like people will accept more pain to avoid fear Right, like fear does horrible things to our ability to make good choices for ourselves, for our family, for for the people around us, um, because our our natural instinct is so fear averse. Yeah. And so, uh, like the challenge for us is trying to present alternatives to fear. Like, like you know, this is this is back to the conversation about hope. Yeah. Like, which is, it's not that I ignore the really terrible things in the world. It's not that I forget about them for a minute. Mm-hmm. And it's not that they d- don't give me legitimate reason to be afraid. It's that like I have to decide to play in a different paradigm because if I'm only going to play in the paradigm of fear, like it's not going to do me any good or the world any good. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. other thing I think about sometimes is... Um, in, in part of my work before rabbinical school and in rabbinical school was in community organizing. And um, in community organizing, we talk a lot about the difference between activity and action. 
Activity is the thing you do to feel busy, mm-hmm. um, it, to feel like you're having an impact. And action is the thing you do to actually have an impact. Yeah. And I think that the risk is also, um, you know, back to the doing the easy thing and convincing ourselves we did the hard thing, is like I'm just going gonna, gonna to do some things to feel busy to feel like I'm making a difference instead of saying, I'm going to sit this, this out because I'm saving myself for the real action that's going to have um, an impact. And that's not to say to like not show up to the march because that may have an impact, but it's to say that um, sometimes I think that the, the fear gets us caught in, well, I'll, I'll do anything and it doesn't matter what it is because it's going to make me feel better mm-hmm. and that's not the thing that's going to make the world better. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree. So taking action. Yeah. That's that's the way, man. Yeah. I, I think it's just also like when you think about where we have, you know, you, you look back 10 years ago and President Obama like built his entire campaign on hope. Mm-hmm. That was his word. That mm-hmm. was his slogan, mm-hmm. hope. And then <laughs> eight years later, it's uh it's the opposite. It's mm-hmm. the fear. It's like mm-hmm. the, the the current president has built his his campaign on fear, on fear the other, fear mm-hmm. the stranger. Fe- you know, so if hope is about taking action in a positive direction, and now we're sort of in this new realm, and it's like whiplash. Mm-hmm. I feel like I have whiplash, like societal <laughs> whiplash, where I was like, okay, we we're we're progressing, we have momentum. We're moving in a positive direction Mm -hmm. and it feels now like I can't like, uh, like I keep trying to like stand up on my feet and like getting punched back down, you know, like it's like this very oppressive, negative, dark vibe. Right. But I I think that some of that comes from, I, I don't disagree, but I think some of that comes from the belief that maybe some progressives had in, in especially the early Obama years of sort of like, because things are getting better, things will always get yeah, better. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. As a, like, like, and right. that, I think that's the trick of, of you know, hope says like things will only get better. So long as I am continuing to fight to make them better. Yeah, and that, and, and, and that's not a, that's not a knock on, on anyone, but to say so that we, you're right. There was progress, and then backsliding. If and and that's the way the world has always operated. Yeah. And our challenge is um, is to engage in um, the continued and sustained work of ensuring that the world is reflective of our values, and that ensuring that we are. Um, we are we are continuing to meet other people because if we go okay well we built a big society and we're good and so now we'll just go back into our little huts yep. like we, we will not you got to um, keep going back yeah. to the drawing board yeah. yeah and as we were saying as I was saying that and then listening to you what I realized is it was hope for me but it was threat for a lot of other people right. yeah right, right, a lot right. of other people didn't read it as being hopeful they read it as being really bad <laughs> yeah and, um, and maybe we were all being too optimistic where it's <laughs> it's oh we're on the we're on the up and up so right it, it so, so it will always it will always up. go this way yeah. it right. will, you know, yeah. and it, for right now a lot of people feel like we're on the up and up mm-hmm. with who's currently in charge right and um and by the way that happens in parenting too all yes. the time right yes where you have the like little parenting win and you go all right well parenting just got easy right minutes. yeah yeah she, yeah exactly she walked for 45 minutes so she walks now i like literally posted on facebook like we're going to the new school and, yeah. like, you're, and then it turns out that like no it's 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 actually 
um, about the long and sustained work. Yep. Um, yep. Uh, that's gonna that's gonna ultimately keep and 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 taking a view that's big enough. You know, um, Martin Luther King said the arc of history is long, but it bends towards justice. Right? You have to you have to take a view long enough at the arc of history to see which way it's bending. Because in any particular moment, if you're looking at a a small uh, section of that arc, mm-hmm. it's hard to tell which way it's going. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so you know, and and then hope becomes the tool that we use in the face of that. Also, the sound of babies becomes the tool. I don't know if that gets picked <laughs> yeah. up on the microphone, but I that know. is the tool that I use in the face of that. But, um, you know, Rebecca Solnit um, wrote a book called Hope in the Dark. And um, I'm never sure if I'm mis- pronouncing her last name right. But um, she said that hope isn't like a lottery ticket that you sit on the couch and you clutch. It's the axe you use to break down the door. And so, like, the the hope isn't, hope isn't the 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 thing that's going to fix this hope is the tool we use so that we can be the thing that fixes yeah yeah i love that i love that too so So with that um that's a good way to end i think having (laughs) hope as a parent hope as a person hope as a as a baby hope as a baby you're going to put this kid in the world and the world is not how you want it to be and the world is not easy right. and it is not without pain. That's right. And we know that our children are going to experience pain in their lifetime, pain we can't stop. That's right. And yet we bring them into the world Again, because we, we believe I, yeah. that like that we can we can make it a little better for them and they'll make it a little better for the people after them yes. and like that is the hopeful act and and we have to also like like when we hear the gurgling of children like we're hearing now like celebrate that as a as the as what's going to fill our tank right so that we can break down the door yeah we're making good people we yeah. can we right. think we're making good people anyway and we it does it does we, yeah no we know we're making yes. good people like yes. like it does fill the tank it really does i yeah. mean I, i've said again and again like when all, my last 5 years have been really hard and there's been a lot of terrible things that have happened but my kids like that is how i'm able to keep getting out of bed yeah. They they are the best medicine. That sound mm-hmm. is the greatest sound in Right, history. but and and even on the days where you're not block walking and even on the days when you're not um, you know, writing the legislation that's going to change things, you are still parenting and that is a hopeful act. Yeah. And it's um, true. that's like worthy of praise and celebration is that like on the darkest days, like that's going to bring some light to the world. My favorite yeah. thing about candles is that you because it's it's almost hanukkah so um the, my favorite thing about candles is that you can light another person's candle and you don't diminish your light at all yeah and so like yeah. when we're putting light in the world like that's not taking away from our light mm-hmm. and it is making like the darkness go away a little bit yeah, yeah i love that i do too it's very sweet is it almost hanukkah yeah, yeah it's early beginning this year, of so. december right yeah. really yeah it's yeah. like the, the first worst. week of December. Yeah, it's wild. <laughs> no idea. It's wild and crazy. I would say, uh, so like Hanukkah, my favorite thing to teach about Hanukkah is this. Um, so the the story of Hanukkah in two sentences or less is this. Uh, the, the, the temple in Jerusalem had been taken over by the Assyrian Greeks and the Maccabees fought and defeated them. And then they rededicate the temple, which had been desecrated, and they are want oil to light their lamps and they only find enough oil to last one day. And so they light it and it miraculously lasts eight days. And that's why Hanukkah is eight days. And everybody talks about that as the miracle of Hanukkah, that the oil lasted for eight days when it was only supposed to last for one. But my 
my favorite thing about Hanukkah is that the real hopeful, audacious, miraculous act of the story of Hanukkah is these guys who are trying to have an eight-day festival only found enough oil for one day and lit it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And 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 then we're amazed to discover that there was more in their tank than they ever knew was there. Yeah. But they had to engage in the hopeful act of, of lighting the candle yeah. anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my little Hanukkah thought for I the love podcast. That. I yeah. love the Hanukkah spiel. <laughs> I love the Hanukkah season. I do too. It's it's upon us, guys. It's so coming. Do you have a recommendation for the season? Yeah. Um I have a recommendation of a season on television. <laughs> Uh, it sort of bleeds into your um, Halloween baking championship yeah, recommendation yeah, yeah. that Iris like blazed through, like loved that show. So now we're just on kids cooking shows. Oh, that exists. So yes, yeah, so we watch like MasterChef Junior, oh, kids yeah, yeah. baking championship, Ooh. and I love it because the judges like can't kill them, like they can't berate them. Mm-hmm. So it's all about positive feedback, you know, like the kid like burns his cakes and they're like, but you did a really good job. Like it's this very like positive. We're going to watch this. And the kids are, you know, a little bit older than Iris and she just cannot get enough of it. She just loves it so much. So I highly recommend um, kids baking shows. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't have any recommendations this week. I don't think I do. No, I know. You'll think of I'll one. Think of no, you'll think of one. I'll think what, of something. He'll, he'll give his and then you'll, you'll, yeah. be, okay. What do you got? Oh, I'm sure. trying to, uh, I already did all my podcast recommendations at the end, at the beginning, but, um, we well, um, recommended a book just now called, um, Hope in the Dark. Hope in the Dark. Hope in the Dark, I think, is I a fascinating like yeah. and beautiful book. And, um, I'll say, because it's been helpful to me in these last few weeks, I am uh, rereading a book, um, called When Bad Things Happen to Good, good People, people. Oh, I love that. Kushner, which yeah. is a gorgeous, yeah. beautiful book and a really, like what I needed these past two weeks and it's on tape and it's only four and a half hours and I've been listening to it in the car on audible and it's been a really good refresher in, you know, um, in finding hope again. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Love that. Here's my recommendation. I had to shut off NPR recently Mm. because they had their drive, their pledge drive going on and no offense to NPR who I worked for, but I cannot even listen to the pledge drive. They already have my money and my, my life felt better for a week. <laughs> so shutting off the news and and I, I think that is my recommendation. Right. That's that activity versus action thing. We yeah. think like if I just learn all the facts, I'll have fixed it. Yep. And it's like sometimes like actually like that might not be helping. Yep. Just shutting it off. Oh, here's one. We've been listening to the Raffi Essentials playlist in mm. the car. Oh. I do not recommend that at all. I totally recommend that. Uh, who, okay, who, I think we're st- switching places. I think <laughs> yeah. you're becoming me and I'm becoming you is what I think. Um, Iris is obsessed with it. Harry loves it. I, I can't get enough of Raffi. We just listen to it constantly. Um, we were on a big Hamilton kick, but Harry didn't really find as much joy. But he likes Raffi. That. But he loves Raffi. And uh, and he's got this one song about bananas oh, using yeah. them as a cell phone. I just it's a great pun in it. A phone yes. with a peel. That's just great. That's very great. It doesn't get any better than that. I love that you're back on like <laughs> kids, kids, music. kids music. <laughs> I'm back on kids music. I'd That's gotten great. away from it for a long time, and yeah. here we are back That's again. Great. All right, we should wrap it up. Um, 
But this was such a fantastic episode. Oh. Uh, again, it, it was lovely to have you. It was so wonderful to be here. Thank you, it was guys. Good it was to, really great it was to, good to, to see have you. coffee and, and talk about yeah. hope. That's all I want. In my Harry's life. literally on the tile floor, guys. Yes, literally he's, he's on the hard old. tile floor. Uh, go all right. Well, I hope that you uh, join our family Facebook group. That's yes. like hands off parents, families, and it's a good place to post um, questions and it's been really fun. It's and awesome. If you're not a member, please let us know. And I hope that you will leave us a review on iTunes. I hope you will too, or yeah, you're take selfish. Some, take some action. Come on. Take some action <laughs> in your life for once. All right. See you soon. Bye. Bye. You can follow Hands Off Parents on Twitter at Hands Off Parents, or you can always send us an email at handsoffparents at gmail.com. Or if you look on Facebook, if you're into that thing, you can find us there as well. Hands Off Parents is Steph and Abby. Um, Mail camp.